0: thanks for tuning in to Being Trans. You know, before we get going, I said this is going to be happening every day. So today, what I am happy, what makes me happy, what also makes me thankful, I am so happy to have a well-grounded education. Now granted, I worked hard to get this education since I finally grew up. And it took a long time to do it. And I didn't, you know, when I was younger, I didn't spend the time investing in an education. But when I grew up, I finally turned on my brain and started doing it. So now I'm proud to say I have a really good education. We're not going to get into what my education is. But I never stop learning. I'm always learning. And this is a wonderful thing. And I spend time now, if you've ever listened to anything I've said or heard any of my other podcasts or read anything, that I talk to doctors now about transgender healthcare. And we talk about the facts that exist behind it. Here recently, I had the beauty, the blessing, and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm very happy to have had that opportunity to work again with the University of Tasmania and their P3 program talking to doctors about transgender health care. Now, we'll leave it at that. When you get invited to speak to 40 doctors, it's kind of a beautiful thing, and it's a very, very big blessing, and it really is something that makes me quite happy to do. So here, I've got a bag of dice in my hands, and I'm going to shake this. Just so you understand that I have a bag of dice. I'm a nerd. I've always been a nerd. Or a geek. Whatever one you want to go with. But I love the game Dungeon and Dragons. I've played it with a group of friends of mine for over 18 years. Really good bunch of guys. And they don't care that I'm transgender. Go figure. Because they're really good people. And good friends. Now, I'm going to pick out ten-sided dice. And this, before I get going and tell you why I'm doing this, the first thing's first, and I need to tell you about this, is this podcast is designed for Lindsay. Now, Lindsay, I've seen how you have come out saying that in America, you deserve to have your rights. And I completely agree with you. You have the right to have your rights. Until they impede upon my rights, then it's not your rights anymore. Bet you didn't think on that. Now, Lindsay, you're a woman, so we'll be talking a little bit later about how this can and should impact you as well. Okay? And for those in Australia, you need to listen to this too. It's not just the Americans. So, in this pile of dice, I'm going to introduce you to John. Now, John, right here, do you hear him? He's he's in here. I have 10 dice here. The reason for it is you need to learn a little bit about odds. Now, this is going to be a little difficult because we can't roll the amount of dice that we need to roll to teach you the risk factor that you run into when you don't listen to the healthcare professionals it's kind of difficult to say that but what we're going to do is we're going to split these dice up and each dice is worth 10 okay and i have 10 of them here so we can see that we're going to do a little bit of crazy mathematics it's not 100 percent spot on but what we're going to do is You'll follow through, and I'll I'll give you how it's going to work. Now, you've decided not to, Lindsay. Listen to the healthcare professionals. Good grief. I don't know why. You go get your pap smear, your breast exam, and so many other exams. You, You take birth control, I would assume. Healthcare professionals. So, but you've chosen this time that you... And your rights no more than the healthcare professionals. Yeah, you're going to regret that, I think. But in this pile, we have a secret die. And I'm not going to tell you about this secret die until later. But you are number one. And every time I roll one of these dice and it comes up with a one, we're going to put that to the side. Because that means you've bumped into John. All right, now, this is only representing a hundred people that you bumped into at the grocery store. So here goes the first one. Surprise, right off the bat. You bumped John. you bumped into John as you walked through the door. Must have gone in the same time. <laughs> Bad news. You bumped into John in the green grocery area, you know, where you buy vegetables. Let's go for another one. Oh, safe. Missed John in that aisle. Oh, safe again. You missed John in that aisle again. Whew. There we go. Look at this. We're three. So you've made it through three aisles without bumping into John. There's another one. Wow. Okay. Here we go. We're going to roll another one. And another one you haven't run into, John, for five different aisles. That's a great thing. Now, there's another aisle gone that you didn't run into him. Be very thankful. Oh, there's another one. One more left. Now, two out of ten ain't bad odds for running into John. That doesn't mean you contracted COVID, even though John is day three of being infected. John isn't coughing, but John's touching things. John touched a shopping cart that will never be wiped down. John picked up something that you don't know about. But we're going to run that risk. So we've got two, right? And we're going to take this, and we're going to go ten. So I'm going to give you a one percent, you know, a ten percent chance that you, okay, have had John touch something that John has touched, or been close enough to John to run the risk, okay? And I'm just saying a risk here because. There's a lot of mitigating factors that you don't know about that can make it more dangerous for you. All right, so here we go. There's eight dice right there. Now remember, you're number one. Now I got to right roll two more because we had two. So we've got one here. That's two there. All right now. Remember, that's only for one of these first two dice. We're going to do it again. Now you're thinking, wait a second here. That doesn't work in a grocery store. There's a whole bunch of different things. Right, there are. But remember, you've bumped into John. So you had chances of not bumping into him, but he walked in at the same time that you did. Oh, you lucked out on that second one. You know, you didn't pick up or touch anything or even he didn't sniffle. He didn't breathe out towards you. He didn't do anything. So you just saw him in the same aisle. That's pretty amazing. But I've got bad news for you. You've got two. Now, this is where it gets really, really scary. In my hands here. I have a percentage dice. Now, just because you picked up something that John had doesn't mean you're going to get it. Just because you bumped in or you brushed his coat or even used the trolley after him, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Though, the longer that John is infected with COVID-19, the odds go up. You're only on day four, so take three or four not terribly high but it's still a risk okay now it can go from 10 to 14 days incubation period before john starts to show signs that doesn't mean that john is not able to carry it out to everybody else okay so that's why you've got these numbers but on that first die, I'm going to roll it, and I'm going to give you a number after I rolled it, all right? And we're going to add up how risky you have been. All right, 44% is the first roll. It's pretty good, all right? You got kind of lucky with that roll. But John, all right, is not wearing a mask, You're not wearing a mask. John doesn't have gloves. You don't have gloves. You've spent maybe three minutes holding the item that John picked up. It's cardboard. Surprisingly, cardboard retains the virus longer than almost anything else. That is a shocking fact. And if you don't believe me, take the time and look it up. Cardboard, of all things, is one of the most dangerous things to touch after somebody with COVID-19 touches it. Do you realize that the best thing for you to touch after someone who has COVID-19 has touched it is copper? Go figure, copper. So if John would have touched a copper penny and put it in onto the uh giving it to the checkout girl for part of his payment on the thing copper is safer than cardboard and plastic and paper but that poor girl has been touching all the things that john has touched okay so i'm going to put this surprise number into play here all right but you're lucky the, the cereal box you picked up after John that you weren't really sure, and you got a phone call and you were talking on the phone. You didn't get it immediately. But realize that John picked up that box and then decided against it. And, well, John really didn't – hasn't been very clean. Didn't wash his hands. And he couldn't use a possibly enough of sanitizer because he's already infected. And he breathes out. He may have eaten a hamburger or something beforehand. See how these numbers are starting to stack up. And if we gave points, just simple points, one point for each time that something is in the danger zone, that 44 is not So big. Each one counts as a percentage, but you're lucky. You're at 44, and it didn't happen on that one. So we're going to take that one off the board, but we still have one more item in your trolley. Or you did something. Now, here is the hard thing to say. I've rolled an ought eight. So that's 8% right there. That something or somehow you might have picked up or been cross-contaminated to the virus. It doesn't mean you're going to get it, but it doesn't mean that you're not. But now it's on your hands. Okay? Now, if you don't do anything, okay, because I guarantee... Now, this is, this is where a lot of people don't realize how dangerous this is, okay? If you don't do anything, that eight stays alive, and it's going to stay alive, and you've got it on your hands, so you might go, use the restroom, that's fine. But unfortunately, when you're undoing your trousers, you've now taken that And you've put it on your trousers. You've touched the toilet. But you're going to say to me, wait, I'm going to wash my hands after that. That's no big deal. But it's now on the toilet. It's now on your trousers. And if you've ever seen these tests that they've been doing that our healthcare professionals, thank you, knock on wood, great, amazing people, have been doing... They show you how cross-contamination happens like that. So your risk of being out there is getting higher. And you don't seem to understand this. And you say, it's my right. It is your right. It's your right to run this risk. That point zero eight right there, that is yours. You know, you have an 8% chance right there. Not eight, but you have an 8% chance of now running around and touching everything with what John touched. Now, I've got bad news. We rolled a 1 here, and you're wondering what that 1 is. Let's say you get into the same checkout line as John. All right? And that's one of your things. You're in the same checkout line as John, but John's a couple of people ahead of you. Not a big deal. Right? Wrong. John pays cash, and you have cash too. Or, let's say you don't have cash, and John uses the FBOS machine. And you're the next person up. John didn't use tap and go. He actually had a lot of groceries, and so he touched the keypad. Well, you don't have one of those cards that you can touch and go so you swipe your card and you push the buttons and you've touched the same buttons that john has touched because i guarantee you the the chances of you pushing one of those buttons is high too now you've run the risk twice of getting covid now while i'm saying this This isn't that big of a deal, but I told you there was a secret number. John is not the primary source of his contagion, but he is for you now. And let's say we roll this dice again, all right? And somewhere along the lines, you've eaten something, you've touched something, You've wiped your nose. You blew your nose. You put your makeup on, surprisingly enough, or adjusted your makeup or put some lippy on. And you wiped the corner of your lip because a little smear happened. It was not a big deal. Or you touched up your eyeliner. Okay? And I'm going to give you about a 15% chance that you actually bring this into your system immediately. That's a pretty high chance, but you're lucky. You you got a 79 so it's just on your clothes. It's just on your hands. But you didn't do anything silly like that. So you kept, you kept some sense of don't touch your face. Now. You go home to your family. Let's say you got a husband. You haven't gone to the bathroom so you haven't needed to wash your hands you haven't used hand sanitizer so that 15 percent chance of is still viable but now everybody else that's in that house that you exist with let's say you have little kids and your husband they got to roll all those dice again and each one is an odd that they're going to catch COVID-19 Then in the end, if they do roll ones like you have, very simply, they have to roll the percentage dice to see if they actually catch it. But you put your clothes in the wash and you think that they can sit in the wash for a couple of hours. Surprising enough, there's a time limit that COVID-19 actually survives on clothes and on fabric and on plastic, on your car keys. And we're not talking minutes here. We're talking hours and days. That's something that's really scary and everybody needs to know this. It's your right to go out and risk your life. It really is. And I've got no problem with you utilizing your right. All right, Lindsay, you are more than welcome to do that. And I have said, and I'm very poignant on this, that... Should you unfortunately become sick, don't use the healthcare professionals because you flaunted your stupidity to the whole world. In America, you keep doing this over and over again. But I see signs like it's my right, it's my liberty, life or liberty, give me liberty or give me death, or people saying it's my right to do this. Now I did say we would touch just a hair bit on something that I think you need to come back to, cause it's gonna be a little bit longer than what I really wanted to talk to. But I hope that you get your odds. They come from these dice. They're not silly. And these doctors and these healthcare professionals and these virologi- viral Oh, the guys in charge of viology. Virology or The guy's in charge of finding if something is contagious and a virus. don't, Don't get me going on a normal day for speaking correctly. But I want you to come back and take a look at that every time that they have told you the shit is real. The shit is dangerous. Now, granted, you have your rights. We'll come back to that. So what I want you to do, Lindsay, and everybody else that's listening to me, go take a break. Grab a drink. Let this sink in for a second. These dice are what you're rolling every time that you'd or are not using proper protection or staying home or going out in public because that's only 100 people. I guarantee you supermarkets have a hell of a lot more people running through than just 100 in one setting. And if that cardboard can last for days with the virus, okay, you could pick it up from a shop clerk. Surprising enough, there's my secret number. You didn't know that Jimmy in the back has got it. And he's had it for five days. And he's still starting to get a couple of sniffles. And he's young. so And he's a boy. And he doesn't always wash his hands either. But he stocked all those shelves. I could re-roll all these dice for you. Because every chance that you have bumping into somebody, if you roll a one in that initial, we go back through that whole progress again. Yeah, you might think that's kind of hard, but it really is truthful. Catching this virus is rather simple. Preventing it is even more simple. If this was the Spanish flu, it would be a lot worse than these dice could ever really bring out to you. The Spanish flu was really super contagious. But at the same time, we weren't as smart as what we are now. But ignoring what doctors are telling you, Is exactly what happened. In Philadelphia. In 1918. Or 1919. I think it was 1918. But. They had a war effort. That went on. And the astronomical numbers. That got sick. Directly after that. For flaunting. Their stupidity. And thinking that the virus was done is shocking. The amount that died was even more so. So, like I said, take a break, Lindsay, and everybody else, come back. I want to talk to you a little bit more about this before we close out today's episode. (laughs) Hey, thanks for coming back. Now, like I said, this is really, really simplistic view of COVID-19. And I it's not 100% scientific, because I'm not going to sit here and try and roll out all the numbers that would take hours for me to calculate and try to explain to you. But at the simplistic view of it is, you don't know how risky you are every time you go out. And as a person like me, who does who just spoke to 40 doctors who would not even consider being in the same room with me or any of their peers because of this virus? That tells a lot about them wanting to stay as safe as possible. We cannot continue to pick and choose which science to believe in. You trust your doctor to do a mammogram. You trust your doctor to do pap smears. You trust your doctor when you get a UTI to give you the proper antibiotics. You trust your doctor so many times that here you are for once after your doctor has said, hey, Lindsay, don't be a fuckwit. Stay the fuck inside. I'm worried about you. Might not even be your personal doctor might just be some of my forty doctors who sat in a at their own homes on a connection much like Zoom listening to me lecture to them for over an hour about healthcare this shit's real and the more that Americans don't get this And the more that anybody else doesn't get this, the more foolish you are. I live in Australia, and right now, what should be more evident than how dangerous this virus is, is what's happened here in Tasmania, Australia, and the Northwest Coast. It's simple. It started so very, very simple. One person, one person was sick then 2, then 20. And this has happened in less than a, a week. What you don't realize is John, who got sick all right, from somebody, that day will pass it on to 10 people. The odds are very, very high he will pass it on to 10 people. You didn't get sick from that cereal box, but unfortunately, the odds are somebody will. One of your kids picks it up and decides, "I want these this cereal today," and they still are at risk. It's it's not an issue that it's um, a baby boomer killer or anybody over you know eighty killer. The more we flaunt it, the more we ignore what. Our doctors are saying, and our scientists are saying, the more risk we run, that this virus will mutate again. It's already got an A and B version. That's very concerning. So it's already mutated once. That means it could mutate again because it's already shown that it has done it. It's a smart little bugger, but now your kid's got it. And unfortunately for you, your kids like me has asthma and has respiratory problems. Did you know that once they put you on a ventilator, you sit at 50% chance to die? I'm not saying this cup is half full. This cup is half empty. Because the more things that get tossed into this mixture while you're on that ventilator, That number of you surviving gets less and less. But the sad thing is, is while you may be on a ventilator surviving, you may be on that upside of 50. Unfortunately, the doctor that had been taking care of you was taking care of a whole slug of other people. And the more that he is in contact with the virus, this dice pool continues to grow and grow, and he can't get away from it. And eventually that magic number, that is his number, will turn up, and he will get sick. But unfortunately, his sickness is a lot worse than yours, because he's dealt with the virus around him so much that his overall viral count is through the roof. And it happens quicker than what we could have expected. We've already lost a number of doctors and nurses to this virus. And that's something we should all be scared of. We should all be considerably scared of killing off those that care for us. Because once the smart ones are gone, you're left with the orange ones. They're really not that smart. Now, Lindsay. I said I was going to come back to something that should impact you. You sit here and say over and over again, just like so many others in the world, it's my right. Yes, it is. It most certainly is your right to run this risk. But unfortunately, you're placing your own children at risk. And it's not your right to place those children at risk, especially your son, who happens to be exactly like me. I've been in isolation for over five weeks now because my doctor called me and said, hey, this is serious. If this gets to the island, you stay in. And even if we even hit it on the mainland, you stay in. That was his first warning to me. I've worked with doctors for a long time, and when they make that call and say, hey, you, Pay attention. I start to listen immediately. And I show them the respect because, damn it, science fucking matters. Now, when we got our first couple of cases here, I was luckily already looking at staying inside because I was concerned. I even sent a message to my ex-partner saying, hey, what are we going to do about the kids in school? Before it really got going. So I have taken this whole COVID-19 very serious from the moment it has started. And like many other professionals who deal with healthcare, I have taken the time to stay really on top of it and looked at the numbers. And I've looked at how many people are dying. And I've looked at how many people per million are getting sick and dying. This is something that so many people out there need to understand. Okay? Because it's these numbers. These numbers right here that you need to focus on. And this is something that most people don't really grasp completely. About two weeks ago, when I looked at these numbers, now, remember what I said, 10 to 14 days, incubation period. 10 to 14 days. Now, about two weeks ago, give or take a couple of days, in America, you only had 11 people that were dying of COVID-19. ...out of one million. That's pretty damn good odds. Okay? Pardon me, but... ...I know it's a shitty thing to say. And people are dying. And I really, really, really do... ...offer my heartfelt sympathy... ...and compassion for those... ...that have lost loved ones. But now we're getting to a point... ...where that eleven million could have been stopped. I mean, those eleven people... ...could have been stopped... We could have done so much more because the professionals, Dr. Fauci, my 40 doctors, my doctor, 41, other nurses that I know, a doctor who was trapped, who's a close, close friend, who was trapped in another country and scared because she couldn't get home. And they don't have the same type of health care that they have in New Zealand. She was scared. These doctors are not trying to pull a fast one on anybody's lives. They're trying to save lives. That's part of their Hippocratic Oath, is to do no harm. And that's where they're at right now. They're begging you to turn your brains on. They're begging you to do what is right, not only for yourself, but for your fellow man. It isn't just about your rights. It's about the rights of those that don't have the ability to say, yes or no, I don't want this. Let's say your husband says, I don't want this. But you've taken that right away from him with that box of cereal. Or he does the laundry that night. Or you give him a kiss immediately and you did touch your cheek and you did adjust your makeup. But he kisses you. and But you don't catch it, but he does. That's the way the odds work with this thing. You're the carrier. You've exposed your child. You've exposed your husband. Or your partner. Whatever it may be. Your child's on a ventilator. 50% chance of dying. Your husband's fighting. He's giving it a good go. But every time that he's around you for those 10 days, you don't know... That you run the risk of catching it. And unfortunately since you've been around him more. Than anybody else in the public. You eventually catch it. Because of the odds. Are no longer in your favor. It started with you. It will end with you. And this is something people don't get. And this is where this number. deaths per one million. Needs to be looked at. Like I said, 10 to 14 days, you have jumped from 11 people dying in that million pool to 123. Remember, if you have a 100% increase, we're looking at 22. Do you see how much of an increase we're looking at here? 123 people versus 11. It could have been prevented. And this is what we're begging you as healthcare professionals. Pull your heads out of your asses. It isn't about your rights. It's about saving the rights of others that you willingly put at risk. That includes the healthcare professionals, who I guarantee you, even though I said to you, fine, stay at home when you get sick. But the problem is, you got sick, and you also got your child sick, and you got your husband sick. Odds are, a 50% chance of life or death is really not that great. And it's damn scary. I've been in that position. I had septicemia once, and they gave me a 50% chance the moment they opened me up that I would die. And I was scared shitless. And I was an adult. Your kid won't know, because no one will ever tell your son that he has a 50% chance of dying the moment They, they put this ventilator on him. Probably would be too sick at that point to even care. But sadly, if I roll these dice right here, your little child... Just rolled an eight and passed away. Do you get that now? Do you understand how it is a dice roll that we're talking about? And it isn't just about your rights. Now I said we'd come back to your rights as women. Your rights as an everyday person. That you're concerned about rights being taken away. I'm a trans person. I don't live in the United States anymore because my rights literally are being taken away daily in the United States. I've never caused anybody any harm. In fact, I do so much for not only my community but other communities. I'm a volunteer on so many levels. And I help so many people. But my rights are pulled away in the United States. Here in Australia, we're fighting to stop those kind of restrictions, those kind of attacks on our rights. And how does that help us? Well, letting me have my rights just to be existing does not harm anybody. I have three children that live at home with me. They don't get harmed. In fact, if you ask them, they're pretty well taken care of. And they have a really good friend in me. And they always have. And a really good parent in me. And if people who know me know that I'm speaking the truth. That my kids do come first. I don't run out and risk my life to catch COVID-19 and bring it home to my kids. Because it may not. I may not catch it. I may just transmit it to someone I love that's scary. That is something I'm trying to impose upon you to bring to your light here. We tell people, oh, you know, Roe versus Wade in America, which is about the right to abortions. Whether you believe it or not, and whether you look at it or not, whether you accept it or not, it is a woman's right to control her own health care. Correct? But you're pulling that right away by saying it's my right to risk everybody else. Do you see how it really isn't fair? Now let's say you don't have a partner. Let's say you didn't catch it. But your partner goes to, you know, you've been dating John. John comes to your house one night and he's got it. You guys sleep together. Or let's say Susan. It doesn't really matter who it is but let's say they've got it. The more time you spend with it the more your chance of catching it goes up. Then you end up at the hospital. Because I guarantee you regardless what you say you will not stay home. You will not do what I said and said, fine, go out, risk your life but if you catch it, stay home and you went, okay, I will do that no, come on, even I know that it's not going to happen you'll get scared just like so many other people have and do when their life is on the line I've seen it I felt it when your life is on the line you want nothing more than to be saved It's amazing how many people find God at that time too. But this has nothing to do with God. This has everything to do with man's own stupidity. You've been warned about this and you flaunt it and you say, no, it's not going to happen to me. Well, stop wearing your seatbelt in the car and wonder wonder when a police officer is going to pull you over. It's your right not to wear the seatbelt. But wait, hold on. You're willing to wear your seatbelt because it offers protection. And you realize that the risk of the law writing you a ticket is kind of a big ticket since you've done it four or five times before. So you start to wear it because the law actually is there to you know, not have to pick your body off the ground or scrape you back together again. It's kind of like those who ride motorcycles, I do, and don't wear helmets. I do. I wear a helmet. Because heaven forbid I get into an accident and an, and somebody has to pick up my body. I don't want them to have to scrape my brains together. It's funny how we, we always talk about rights, but we never look at the rights of those that exist around us. As a trans person, I see rights so many times. It's your right to go to the restroom. It's my right to go to the restroom, too. I've never hurt anybody, so, and I don't even have a criminal record. But people strip my rights away from using the restroom in America all the time. But you claim that it's your rights. But you don't give a damn about pulling someone else's rights. Or somebody that got raped, but you want to do with away the, the right to get an abortion. Do you see how it is? It's a double edged sword. You can't complain about your rights if you're busy trying to take away somebody else's rights. And all we're trying to say as healthcare professionals, we're not trying to be a 1984 example of how to remove your rights. You can ensure that your rights will still be there by the time this virus is over. By making sure that you listen to the healthcare professions because I guarantee you if it comes to a point where millions start dying, hundreds of thousands. Because right now all you crazy people that are out there who are listening to my voice who are thinking, you know, I should get out and say that it's my right to do this. You've bumped into John a couple of times. Ten to 14 days from now, we're going to watch those numbers jump through the roof. It's already happened once. We can see it. The numbers are there. The data is there. We have watched it. And if you don't believe this virus is real, I just had a meeting with 40 doctors who wouldn't be in the same room with each other because they're concerned. They don't... They're not trying to fake it. They're not trying to pull a fast one. You know, even my doctor... I need a prescription refill. He sent it to my pharmacy instead of me coming in. Because he's more concerned about me coming in than he was getting his money for writing me a prescription. Figure that one out. These doctors are not the government. They're healthcare professionals. They've stood up before and they're standing up now to protect you. And you are not willing to listen to them. So stop going to the doctor next time you get sick. Lindsay, next time you have a UTI, I want you to go down to the store and use only stuff that you can find in the grocery store to get rid of your UTI. Think about it. Think about it really quick. Pull that out of your ass. You're not going to do that. You're going to go to the doctor. You're going to listen to the doctor. And so many of you would. So many women. If you started feeling a lump in your breast, you'd be down to the doctor immediately. Hell, I would be. I'd be on the phone talking to Jerome going, hey, by the way, that's the name of my doctor. Hey, buddy. I've got a lump on my boob and I'm a tad bit concerned. Can I make an appointment? And he'd be like, you get down here immediately. And I would do exactly what he said to save my life. Because I know my doctor gives a damn about me. And I know that those 40 doctors who sat there and listened to me for two hours... Gave a damn about themselves and gave a damn about me because we didn't want to be in the same room because the risk is so high. It's not a game. It's your life and it's the lives of others. It's not your right. It's not your right to put other people's lives at risk. Remember these dice. Every time you do it, I add more. That's only a 100 people in a grocery store. For the first hour. But remember we had that one secret. Johnny in the back. He stocked those shelves. Well. Sad to say. That cardboard box. For days. Is risky. And more people touch those boxes. That Johnny. Stocked. Or whatever his name was. It doesn't really matter. But we keep rolling these dice. And you know, I just rolled a handful of 10 and there's another one. Someone else picked it up. All because it's that boy's right to go to the grocery store and work. Granted, we will say that we should be very thankful for the, the clerks who are risking their lives to make sure that we can have groceries. But you took in your virus the next day. Okay, you got it. Let's say your husband got it or you got it. You went in. Your husband went in four days later to buy some more groceries but hadn't started showing signs and coughed a couple of times. And, you know, people thought, oh, he's like, oh, it's just allergies. And they went, oh, oh, yeah, okay, because it's springtime in America and you can get away with that kind of thing. Or I've just got a little bit of a head cold. Caught it last night for some strange reason. We roll these dice again. That every single person he runs into there has to now roll these dice for themselves. Everything he's touched from the shopping trolley. You know, at my uh, shopping center, you can't get into the grocery store without wiping your hands. And there is somebody with gloves and PPE that is wiping down with alcohol to clean that trolley. Because they're trying to protect us. They can't do that to every box that comes into a grocery store. Because remember, 10 to 14 days. 10 to 14 days. I promise you right now. Okay? Lindsay, listen to me. Don't go out. For the next 10 days, suffer for a little bit for 10 days. 10 to 14 days, I want you to stay at home. And I want to watch, I want you to watch these numbers, and I'll put the coronavirus numbers up for everybody to read, okay? And you watch, in 10 to 14 days, we're going to see a spike. We're going to see a spike in the United States, and you can even break it down to those states that are currently have people running out and going, it's my right. And you'll see those spikes in those states, And that number is going to go through the roof. And that 1 million population death index is going to go up. Right now, Italy has lost so many people. 23,000 people have died in Italy. Okay. You might say, well, that's, that's a pretty fair amount. Okay. That means... In Italy, per 1 million people, 391 people died. Well, guess what? In America, 40,000 people have died. It's going to go through the roof. I'm not joking. Please, 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 please. Don't go out, Lindsay. Stay home. And everybody else that can hear my voice, if you're smart, stay the hell home. Do what Mr. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson said. Stay the fuck home. I can't say it enough. I want you to live. I want you to survive. It means a lot to me. Because I've lost a kid already. And it tore up our family. I'll never be able to hold my child. That child's gone. And I wouldn't want anybody else anywhere in the world to ever experience that. And that risk that you feel is your right runs that risk of you losing your child if you have one. But let's say it's not you. You go visit your sister. And you hug her and you give her a kiss on the cheek. And she catches it. And you've got a nephew or a niece And they run a risk. There is nothing more painful than losing your child. Nothing more painful than losing your child. I promise you that. I'm going to end it here. And I beg of you. If you can hear my voice. Stay home. Please. (coughs) Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I know this was a little bit harder of a conversation, but I felt that it needed to be had. I'm not trying to single out Lizzie, but she wasn't listening and she wasn't understanding what so many that were trying to respond to her and explain to her what the reality was of this virus. Your doctors do care about you. They're not trying to take over the world. Because if if they had tried to take over the world, it'd look a lot different than what we see it now. People would be a lot more healthier, that's for sure. But I do do these podcasts on a regular basis. I do them out of the kindness of my heart. I try to bring to you relevant information about being transgender. And unfortunately, COVID-19 has taken over that ability to talk about being trans. It's taken over that ability to talk about the reality of science and the science behind being trans and the social sciences behind being trans. I do enjoy speaking to doctors and nurses all the time. I have the pleasure of speaking to some amazing students as well about being trans. Yeah, I end up in schools talking to students about what it's like to be trans. I'm not there to indoctrinate them. just telling them what it's like being me. And we have a lot of fun. Because there's a lot of things that you don't know about your kids. They're extremely intelligent and you should give them more credit. I'm sure if you ask them about COVID-19, they'd tell you more too. But please, if you feel so inclined, join me. Continue to come back and listen to some of my other episodes. Um, I do talk a lot about being trans. I do talk a lot about being a crazed parent, because believe me, it's not easy being cheesy. Um, And it's not easy being a a parent to teenagers. Um, I also have a Patreon. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash bean underscore trans. I'll put the link down below. But please take the time. Take the time and... Join up. I'd really appreciate your patronage. Um, it helps me continue to do this and it helps me help others. I'll look forward to another time when we can talk about something like tomorrow because tomorrow's another day of happiness. So this is day three. Come on, you can join me. Find a hundred days of something that makes you happy. Believe it or not, talking to you about healthcare and talking to doctors about healthcare and having a good education makes me so very happy. And it pours out onto my children. So take good care of yourselves. I really do love you. I really do wish all the best for each and every one of you. And stay the hell home. We can fight this horrible virus together. And together we can come out better, stronger, and an understanding of more education about something that is everywhere around us. Guess what? You might learn something new. Have a good day. And once again, should you need some assistance, because this stuff has got you down, and you are locked in a house with a bunch of teenagers. There are those wonderful people at Crisis Line, Lifeline, Men's Life, Q Life is out there for those that are part of the LGBT community. Please take the time and unveil yourselves of these wonderful people because we want you around. And believe it or not, some of them even have services that will call you back on a regular basis to make sure that you're okay. Speaking about men's life, they do a fantastic job. I've seen them in action, and they are great. And if you gentlemen who might hear my voice need them, talk to them because they're going to listen. They care about you. Now, if you exist in Tasmania, Australia, and you're in the north of the state, I have a friend who owns her own counseling business. And I've been friends with Vic for for almost 12 years. It's crazy. It just goes by so quick when you look. And I could not think of a better person to recommend for anybody out there than Victoria. She is absolutely fantastic. She has a partner that's with her as well. Um, They're called Attitude Counseling. You can find them at attitudecounseling.com or you can call them directly and this is their mobile number 0499184088 i can't say enough about vic i really can't honest to god this woman shoots from the hips if she's telling you you're being a fuckwit you can guarantee you're being a fuckwit if things are not going well for you she's going to give you some advice and some tips how to make your life better If you need her, give her a call. Don't suffer in silence. There are those out there who give a damn about you. Make the time. Make the call. Because I want you around and so many other people want you around. We'll talk to you later and thank you once again for tuning in to Being Trans. Bye now.